Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. If I can be honest with you guys, uh, we're talking about tests and this is a test for me also because there's some certain things. Can, can you guys just be honest with me for a second? Is your money important to you? Is it? Show of hands if your money's important to you. And, I, and my money's important to me too, okay? And it's, it's difficult for me as a pastor to preach about people's money because a lot of people's money has been misused and mishandled in the church, okay? So it's difficult for me to preach about it, but yet at the end of the day, I have to sit here and go, you know what? It's God's word, and I'm going to preach God's word. I'm going to preach every aspect from grace to judgment to reaping what you're sown to joy to life more abundantly to giving and receiving. I'm going to preach it all. Is that okay? We can't pick and choose what we want to hear out of the Bible. I got two amen. All right. So we're talking about a test. And when you take that test, your test is basically this. Who are you going to thank for your income? Or better yet, who are you going to worship? When you take this test, this test is based upon what you do with the first 10% of your income. Some people Well, let me say this first. What you do with the first 10%, did I say first? Not what's left over 10%? Okay, first. I just wanted to make sure I said that. So the first 10%. Now, some people, this is what they do. When they first get paid, the first person they thank or worship is Visa. There you go. But you know what? Visa or Solano Property Management does not have the power to bless your finances. But Visa and Solano Property Management, they do have a power to make you a slave. Proverbs 22 and 7 says this, the the borrower is the servant of the lender. Now, just to give you a heads up, we're going to go through a lot of scripture this morning that tithing is scriptural and the scriptures are God's word. Amen. I know there's a lot of controversy and conflict about tithing, but we need to talk about tithing. And I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture in the next 30 minutes. So if you're taking notes, prepare to write them down. Turn to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 through 12. If you've been in church for a little while, you've heard this preached up and down, left and right and all over. Start it off. For I am the Lord, I change with the times. That's not what it says. For I am the Lord, I do what is going on in your community. I am the Lord, I do not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same tomorrow. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet for the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Now, let me pause for a second. This is God talking, not man. Make that point clear. God is speaking to his children. The Lord God, who does not change, He says, you have gone away from my ordinances. 
You have left my ordinances. Now, what is an ordinance? It's a principle of ordinary behavior. An ordinance is a principle of ordinary behavior. Now, this next verse, a preacher did not make this up. I promise you. A preacher didn't write this. God said it. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have I robbed you? You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you such, or such a blessing that you will not have room to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. This is God talking to us. This is our God, the God who does not change. He said, you've gone away from my ordinances. You've gone away from ordinary principles of behavior. Ordinary. This is normal. It should be normal. Tithing is a principle of ordinary behavior. And that's an ordinary principle of behavior for God's children to thank God for what God has given them. Can I get an amen? See, we're thanking God because he's the God of increase. This is an ordinary principle. And because we've gone away from God's ordinary principles of behavior, we're under a curse. Amen. Now, I know some of you are saying right now that uh, Christians can't be under curse. Uh, Jesus Christ bore the curse on, on the cross when he died on the cross. Yes, he did that. But that was the curse of sin. But it's not the curse that talks about when you don't give back to who you give back to. Let, let's talk about this. Christians can be cursed. You got quiet because now y'all like really listening, right? Christians can be cursed. If you think Christians can't be cursed, then you're saying that we can live any way we want to and it doesn't affect you. See, when Christians say, I can't be cursed, well, I'm a Christian, I can't be cursed. I put the blood on it. Then what you're really saying is I can do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and not reap the percussions. Surely God is not mocked. For wherever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Do you guys realize if you cheat, you got to face consequence? Come on, in tax, anybody ever owe taxes? Lord, help me. If you steal, if you steal, you're going you're gonna to reap the consequences. Shall a man rob God? If you steal from God, you're going to reap the consequences. A curse is a consequence. See, God owns everything we have. He has given us to be stewards over everything that is his. And he has only reserved 10% of what he gives you to give, to give back to him in the house of God. But he says, you've stolen that from me. You've stolen that 10%. Somebody say 10%. Anything less is a tip. 
So if you keep it, you're stealing. I'm not saying this, this is the word. I didn't make it up. And I know these are strong words. But it says, you have stolen from me, you have robbed me, and now you are under a curse. God does not want us under a curse. But we have voluntarily placed ourselves under a curse because we have gone away from God's ordinary principle of behavior for our lives. You guys know the number one reason why people don't tithe? Don't answer it because when you guys say it, it might be your reason. But the number one reason why people don't tithe is this. Well, that's the Old Testament. We're under the new covenant now. Do you guys realize that, first of all, tithing is found in Malachi chapter 3 and 4. Then we can skip over to Matthew. So we're looking at the last book of the Old Testament and the first book of the New Testament. All right? You guys with me? If you look at it naturally, tithing is at the center of the Bible. It's in the middle of the Bible. And if it's at the center of the Bible, maybe we should be, maybe tithing should be at the center of our lives. Because at the center of your life, the center of you, of you is your heart. So if it's at the center of the Bible, it should be at the center of you, which is in your heart. That's why we say that tithing is not a financial issue. Tithing is a heart issue. So we go, so why did, why did God put the uh, tithing in the Bible where he did? Because it's a test. He put it at the end of the Old Covenant and put it at the beginning of the New Covenant. And so many of us come up with so many different reasons why we don't do it. But we have to realize tithing is a test. God is testing our hearts. Luke chapter 12, verse 34 says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We talked about, the last time we we talked about this two weeks ago, we talked about, you want to know where your heart is? Look in your wallet. Look at your bills and see where most of your money's spent at. That's where your heart is. Wherever you invest your money at, that's where you're going to care. Yes, God is after your money. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? God wants your money. Now you guys looking at me and say, God don't need my money. He don't need your money. He wants your money. You know why he wants your money? Because he wants your heart. Because he knows, according to this scripture, Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And if your heart is behind your money, and we all said how important our money is to us, guess what? If your money is that important to you, then God knows that's where your heart is. And if he wants your heart, he's going to say, look, wherever you invest in, your heart's going to go into it too. That's why he says invest in the kingdom. If you sit here and desire and go, man, I really want my heart to be with God and with Christ, and I really want to be a part of this church, then I'm going to tell you what's going to help you. Invest in the church. I learned this very, very importantly. Um, it was amazing revelation how God told me because when we were talking about building, we, at one point we, were gonna, we needed $3.5 million. We we're going to buy some land. And I was like, man, we need land. It was a building. And I said, God, just, you know, my father-in-law loves to play lottery. Just bless him, God. Lord, let Stephen Curry walk up in here. Stephen Curry walk up in here and just write it to check. 3.5. He can do that easy. And he's a, he's a servant of the Lord, so that'd be a blessing. The Lord told me, he says, look, if I give you the money 
to build it, the people's hearts won't be in it. But if they invest into it, if they work hard for it, if they put their time and their treasure into this building, then their hearts will be in it also. That's why you don't take care of things that you rent or borrow as much as the things that you bought. <laughs> rent a car, you tear that thing up. Mm-hmm. But let you let you have to save for half a year to get just the down payment for the car, and then once you get the car and the little little car that's used and, it, and it's not even brand new, but you'll be vacuuming that thing every day, looking at people talking about wipe your feet before you get in the car. Uh-uh, your kids can't eat my car. No. I work too hard. I put my heart into this. Don't you mess this up. See, that's the attitude we should have toward God's kingdom. I don't work too hard at this place. I've given too much of my life. Don't you come in here and mess this thing up. Y'all know you Christian born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost and all that, but let somebody mess with your money. Saints, we got to question our motives in our heart when we argue about tithing. If God gave himself a ransom for us, if he's given us his spirit, if he's given us mercy, if he's given us life and life more abundantly, why wouldn't we want to give back just 10%? Just 10. So you guys might ask, well, so why did he pick? Why did God pick the number 10? Well, let's look. When you go through the Bible, you start seeing 10 all over the place. How many plagues were in Egypt? How many commandments were there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times did Jacob's wages change? You guys, you guys are doing good. You guys are doing really good. How many times was Daniel tested? Ten? It, it's ten. Yeah, I'm going to give you. It's ten. Yeah. You guys ready? You guys ready for this one? How many days of testing were mentioned in Revelations? Woo! Y'all hearing from the Holy Ghost. How many disciples were there? Ah, you're on your toes, you're on your toes. <laughs> there were 10 lepers, 10 talents. There were exactly 10 I am spoken by Jesus in the Gospel of John. There's something about that number 10. That number 10 means redemption. God wants to redeem your finances. Now, now God, God, look, look, people, you know, I'm going to be honest. I've, I've been, I've had a whole lot at one time in my life, and I've had pretty much nothing. And now I'm in a place where I have a lot, and I'm content. I've learned to be content when we had, well, when we had a lot, I wasn't content. But when we didn't have anything is when I learned how to be content. I'm just saying, I, I, I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to come home, and I'm like, my wife's looking at me like the water's off again. I know what it's like to be there. But through the whole time, I stayed faithful, and God was teaching me a principle of being content. So now I'm at this place of being content, even though I have a lot. And if God takes it, I can survive in it because I've learned to live with a little. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You guys have to understand tithing is a test. And it's easy to, to, to bring your tithes to God when you got a whole lot. But the test comes when you got a little. 
being tested. You're being tested. And guess what the good thing about that is? It's a two-way test, you guys. God is testing you, and you can test God. You know, in verse 10 of the scripture we were reading earlier in Malachi, it says this, try me, test me, saith the Lord, and see that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive it. This is why David said, my cup overfloweth. God wants us living in the overflow. I know it's a song, but he wants us living in overflow. He wants to be able to open up the windows of heaven. But the only way he's going to do it is depending on you. It's almost crazy for you to ask God to open up the windows of heaven over your life if you're not a tither. Guys, tithing is biblical. In Genesis chapter 14, 18, 18 through 20, it reads, it says, Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God, of the God most high, and he blessed him, talking about Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tenth of all. Abram had went out and fought many different kings, destroyed them, and he took all the prizes from the kings, and he found the high priest and king of the land at that time. His name was Melchizedek. And when he came to Melchizedek, he blessed Melchizedek with 10% of everything that he had gained. Now, for those of you that are biblical scholars in here, theologians, I need you to realize this is Abram. And Abram had yet to have any children at this time. For yet the Levitical law was still in Abraham's loins, which means Levi hadn't been born. Isaac wasn't born. Jacob wasn't born to, for Jacob to go ahead and have Levi and the rest of his 12 children. So the Levitical law, which is law, had not been written yet. But it had been established, the tithe had been established 500 years before the law it was even written. You know why? Because it's a principle of ordinary behavior. Genesis 28 and 22. And this stone which I have set a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. So what he's saying is, look, I'm going to build God's house. And God, whatever you give me, I'm going to make sure you at least get a tenth back to the house of God. Levi, 27 and 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether it's seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. You guys know what that word holy means? Set apart, sanctified for the use only of. Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2. And then I'll read 13 and 14. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it, you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land the Lord your God is giving you and you will put it in the baskets and you will go to a place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Or stop there. We don't grow fruit in trees anymore. We have money. Back then, that's how you traded. That's how you got stuff. 
Now we have to bring it up to this time. It's money that God has given us because he's still giving us land. He's given us houses. He's given us places to live and in a, in a town called Susun to take over for the name of Jesus Christ. It's our inheritance. And that's what we're doing. And God says, listen, everything you're doing, everything I'm giving you, I need you to take back. I need you to take the first fruit of what you got and give it back to a place that God chooses to make his name abide. Does not God's name abide in the house of the Lord here at the building, at the, I was about to say the building, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the building Christian fellowship. 13, then you, shall say, then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning. I'll break that down for you in today's English. I didn't use any of the tithe to pay my bills when I was short. Nor have I removed any of it for any unclean use. Well, you know I was taking this trip down to Cabo. <laughs> Nor given any of it to the, for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Let me ask you guys something. If Jesus himself told you that you ought to tithe, would you tithe? If Jesus said it? It is. It's in there. It's in this thing. Yes, ma'am. Matthew 23 and 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So Jesus told them you should tithe. But along with your tithing, you should show justice, mercy, and faith. Don't do one without the other. So Jesus said it, you ought to tithe. Hebrews 7 and 8, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. You bring your tithe to mortal men, to the church and the house of God. But when you bring it to the house of God, it says that God receives it. This is why I tell a lot of people, look, you should find a good church where you tithe, and it should be the place where you go and you attend. Then you find out that the pastor went out and bought a nice Bentley even though he's still living in an apartment, and he was going on vacations with the church tithe money, he's gambling, y'all watch Greenleaf. You guys, all this other stuff that goes on, you find out now you're mad. He's wasting my tithe money. Listen carefully. He isn't wasting your tithe money. He's robbing God. Because when you gave it and put it in the offering box, it says that the Lord received it from you. Now, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be accountable. I'm just saying, just saying. Why should we tithe? The last thing as I bring this to a close, tithing is a blessing. It's a blessing. Second Chronicles 31 and 4 says, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and for the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. 
You know why it's such a blessing that you guys all are faithful tithers? Because you support the work of the ministry. There, there's, there's people that, and there's pastors in, in, in this city that have to work a regular job and pastor at the same time. And that should not be so. Why it shouldn't be so? Because the pastors need to, to devote themselves to the work of the Lord. In the Bible, they call them priests and Levites because the Levites were the Levitical priests. They were the pastors of the time. And they had a lot of work to do. Come on, you guys. As a pastor, and I'm sitting here telling you, and I'm speaking for other pastors, there's a lot of work that we have to do. There's a lot of people we meet during the week. There's a lot of meetings that we have. There's a lot of things that go on. And I'm not even getting to the praying, the studying, the hospital visits. And we can't even do all that if we got another job. And then you got pastors killing themselves because they're depressed. You got pastors quitting the ministry because they're tired. People, you guys can help support the ministry just by being faithful to God. And you're a blessing to the man of God and the woman of God when they're able to be able to devote themselves for you. It's like, man, I want my pastor to come uh, to, to, to talk to me at home when I'm going through trouble. It's like, well, hey, I can't. I got to work. It's a blessing to be able to be a blessing. I, I got a quick question. I know this sounds weird, but just follow me on this. Would any of you guys go to a restaurant and eat a meal without paying for it? Would you dine and ditch? No, I, I wouldn't think so. But do you guys realize that many Christians do it every week? Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. The words that you guys receive are spirit and their life. And it's eaten of. The word is bread. We eat and we leave. We eat and we leave. We get encouraged and we leave. We feel good about ourselves and we leave. But yet, secularly, you would never go to a restaurant and eat, get full, be satisfied, and walk out. Because if you do, you know what that's called? Don't dine and ditch on God. Now, I'm not just preaching this for the building Christian fellowship's sake. I'm really preaching this for your sake. You guys hear me talk about generosity constantly. And I say this, if you guys ever hear me say this, and I said, you know what? I want you guys to receive a blessing. Not the kind of blessing that you have to tell people you have. Not the kind of blessing you got to get in and drive around and see. But as it said in Malachi, it says that, they, that, that the people will call you blessed. That's the blessing I want on your lives. Because we're all the church. And as you, if all of you are blessed, then the church is blessed. Because we make, or we build, it goes with the building. We build strong, mature, faithful believers. 
that will go forward and do what God calls us to do. There's two consistent testimonies about tithing. And we're going to pray and we'll get out of here. The two consistent testimonies are this. You go talk to a tither and a tither will tell you this. We are so blessed. Tithers. I've never heard a tither say, man, I'm just all messed up, man. Uh, Even if they don't have money and they're struggling, they'll tell you, I'm blessed. I don't have money to do the extra, but for some reason, we're making it from month to month. I don't know how this money's stretched. I don't know how God's doing it. But from month to month, we, we're, we may be barely making it, but honey, we making it. That's, that's a testimony you'll hear from a tither. You know what the testimony from a, a, a non-tither is? I can't afford it. And that's all you hear. People come to me and they say, man, they're going through a lot of trouble and all this. I'm going to tell you, if, 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 don't raise your hand. But if you guys ever came to me and you were going through problems, one of the first things I always look at you and say this, are you a tither? And a lot of times people go, uh, no, I've been meaning to. Like, all right, let's try there first. Because never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. When my wife and I were going through that time and that trouble, we stayed faithful with the little we had. Now, we went hungry a little bit, but I didn't have to beg for food. God took the family of God and took care of us. Remember that? But God blessed us. And even during that time when we didn't have nothing, we were still blessed. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you start. Can I say that again? You will never be able to afford to tithe until you start tithing. Tithing is what breaks the the curse and rebukes the devourer for your sake. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you.